We're wondering, are you guys in the holiday spirit yet? We certainly are. By the way, Gabby, do you have your Christmas tree up there in uh, in Manhattan yet? I do. I put it up on Sunday night when we had gone back from our Thanksgiving trip that we took. And my boyfriend found me with this tree that is taller than me trying to pick it up and put it into the stand and move the carpet that was it was supposed to sit on at the same time. So he came running in and <laughs> tried to take the tree out of my hands. And I was like, not the tree, just move the carpet. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a real tree. No, it's a fake one. Okay. Um, yeah, I we have a bunch of uh, stands up here or that will like sell trees in the corner. But oh, my God, like the little like Charlie Brown trees are like 60 bucks. And I'm like, I just simply won't pay you $60 for a tree that's like doesn't even come up to my knee. Yeah, I hear you. I, you know, we have a, we have a, as you said, fake tree too. Now we've had for several years, my siblings and I, we grew up with real trees. I don't know about you. We did. Yeah. Remember, my parents yeah. actually still get a real tree, which I love because the smell in the house is amazing when we walk in. And then when they take, when I used to live there full time, they would take the tree out at the end of the season and the house would smell really good again because they were moving the tree in and out. But I understand it's a lot of, uh, Pine needle cleanup, shall we say? Yeah, well, there you still find pine needles in July when you're vacuuming the rug, you know, here and there. But you know that oh, now that reminds me of Christmas, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. So uh, I do love a real tree. I just don't like anymore the experience of paying a hundred dollars for, as you say, one step above a Charlie Brown tree. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so we invested in what we consider to be a decent looking fake tree which is faint praise for our Christmas tree. But, you know, once we get it all decorated and stuff, it looks, it looks pretty good. It just doesn't smell. And I totally agree with you. I love that smell of a real tree in the house at Christmas time, but we have Roberta, my wife is uh, your aunt is uh, very much into candles. And so we have the Christmas tree candles. We have the Christmas cookie candles. We have the Christmas pie candles, the drunk uncle Christmas candle. <laughs> and what does the drunk uncle Christmas candle smell like? Well, it smells like a few things, uh, sort of like a mixture of beer and some cheap bourbon, <laughs> but it does permeate the entire house. So, and it gives you that festive feel, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyway, I digress. We haven't gotten our tree up yet, but what I did, uh, what we did, I should say, I was on the ladder. Your aunt Roberta was down holding the ladder to make sure that it wouldn't move while I was up there. Put the lights up on the house. And obviously uh, our girls are grown and gone. So why am I still decorating the outside of the house with lights at my advanced age? Well, probably because, and no, definitely because I have very young grandsons and they're, you know, we're going to see them at Christmas time. And I want, I want the house to, to look festive, not only on the inside, but on the outside as well. So uh, that's why, you know, we've done all that. So we're just about ready to go. The tree is going up this weekend, as far as I know. But I, I for a minute, if you don't mind, I want to get back to Thanksgiving because, it, you know, as we do this, you know, it was just last weekend mm -hmm. and you went to a very exotic country with your family. If you don't mind sharing where you were for Thanksgiving. Well, I did go to Florida. <laughs> which I guess we decided prior to getting on the podcast here was, has now become a foreign country. So. <laughs> For any Floridians who are listening to this podcast, uh, we, we love Florida, particularly in the winter. In the summer, you know, I could take it or leave it, mostly leave it. 
But man, there's nothing like leaving winter in the Northeast and going down to Florida. And even Thanksgiving, it was pretty darn cold up here for Thanksgiving. So you guys must have really enjoyed being down there, huh? We went to Western PA first on our way down uh, to Florida to see my boyfriend's parents. And it was, the high was 29 <laughs> between the three days that we were there. So needless to say, we were very excited to walk off the plane on Monday to Florida and have it be 65 degrees. Although I had a lot of people on the plane with me sort of looking at me when I had my big you know, um, I tried not to take the puffy coat because that felt like a little like overkill. So I took like the nicer, like, you know what I'm talking about? Like the longer coat. That's not like quite the puffy material. And I just froze my butt off for two days while we were out in Western PA. But as soon as we got down there, the, the coat was off. Like I used it as a nice blanket on the plane on the way down. Um, and then I didn't touch it again until we left to get back on the plane to come back up here. So I think, what, what part of Florida were you? Yeah. We were at, uh, by St. Pete. Okay. So you were over there on the Gulf coast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah and I, we actually did something that's not very characteristic of me, but the highs while we were down there were, were 78, 79. And I thought, wow, that's a pretty pleasant, like sit on the beach in shorts and t-shirt type of weather, not maybe full fledged beach weather, which, you know, for me is usually like 85 and above. Um, but it got so hot while we were down there, the sun was just beaming down that at a certain point I was like, I need to go in the water and cool off because I'm just like sweating right now. Getting in the water, which was like definitely cold, but helped me cool down was like sort of a surreal experience with the fact that it was the last week of November as I'm like standing in the ocean. But I did come back with the burnt top of my feet and knees to prove that I was down there. Oh, so. that's, <laughs> but overall it was a good time. A hundred percent. I love the break. I think you know, things have been busy with work and life in general. So it was really nice just to go down and take a break and sit on the beach for three days. And I mean, you can't really beat it, right? Like we, before Thanksgiving dinner, before we all started cooking, we sat on our balcony and just like watched the waves. And then we watched the sunset when we were all done eating, but we did do the timeless classic where we have become that family. And we got up and ran a turkey trot at 7am on Thanksgiving morning. <laughs> oh, that's cool. A lot of people involved in that. Uh, 5,000 people we ran. Wow. With. That's a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah. it was interesting experience to say the least. I think I've become a little bit of a snob as far as running goes, because there was a lot of walkers. And I remember thinking to myself, if you're going to walk, get in the back of the pack. And I was up pretty far, like much further than I would be in a normal race. And I still dealt with a ton of people who were just not planning on running at all. I did see a woman who was pushing an older man in a wheelchair and she was running the entire time. And I was just incredibly impressed that she was able to do that because I know it's hard enough to just run on your own, let alone pushing somebody in a wheelchair along with you. And then we had a couple of classic like people in big turkey costumes, like half running, half walking. And I was just seeing them and getting a good laugh, but also being like, I can't be stuck behind you. Unfortunately, I am going to have to go ahead and get in front of you because what if their feathers hit me? I mean, you know, there are all kinds of injuries that can happen during a turkey trot, but uh, being hit by feathers is probably, you know, not something that's on most people's minds right away. What happened? We had to go to the ER. Why? <laughs> she was hit by turkey feathers while she, while doing the turkey trot. So <laughs> it's a but you should, you should be able to appreciate this, that we, left the turkey trot like i mean it, it's a quick thing right it's 
3.1 miles. So you're, by the time we start and leave, we're, it's probably an hour total. And we pulled away and we were like, oh, we're all pretty hungry. And just as we had that thought, a Wawa appeared on the horizon. Hmm. And we pulled into the parking lot because, of course, we did. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> we walked in there. And first of all, the Florida Wawas are just not the same as the Northeast Wawas. Like, oh, do I, tell. Why? Uh, like we went to go order some breakfast sandwiches and we had a very limited selection uh, you know, like any Wawa I would have gone to in New Jersey or the Philadelphia area has a much bigger selection than this one did. However, you know, we did, we ordered our sandwiches, but we walked in and I had an Eagles hat on that I had run in and my dad had an Eagles hat on. And there was about five other people in this Wawa that had Eagles gear on. And this man comes over to us. Cause there's a woman just over to our right who has an Eagles Jersey on. And he looks at the three of us and he goes, Oh, Hey, uh, go Eagles. And the three of us all looked at each other and we were like, oh, okay, cool. Thanks, man. And he goes, oh, wait a minute. Are you guys not together? And we were like, no. And he goes, oh, sorry. I just saw the Eagles gear and I assumed you were all together. So there's so many people in that Wawa that had Eagles gear on. They just assumed that we were all together. <laughs> well, you know, the snowbirds are down there already. So uh, snowbird, you know, the Eagles, I'm sure they're used to seeing Eagles and Phillies and Flyers and Sixers stuff, you know, in the Wawa's down there because, I think people from this area, if they're in Florida, they're just like you said, you see the Wawa, you got to pull in, you know, you, it's like, oh my gosh, there's a Wawa in Florida. <laughs> this is so great. I'm, I'm sad though, to hear that they're not quite up to snuff. Maybe it had something to do with the fact that it was Thanksgiving. Maybe that had something to do with it. Although I doubt it. I think the Wawa is up here. We're more than well stocked for Thanksgiving morning for all the people heading out or, or leaving the turkey trot races. <laughs> <laughs> so they'll they'll catch up down there in Florida. It's a relatively new experience for them. Absolutely. And I mean, Wawa by the beach, I can't complain too much, even if it's not the same selection that I'm used to. So that was a fun little, fun little thing that we did on Thanksgiving morning. How about you? What did you guys do? Well, we went uh, to uh, your cousin's house. We went to my daughter's house, Lauren and Lucas. And by the way, Lauren and Lucas now, they have this new tradition where they invite every Jessen, every person with the last name Jessen in the United <laughs> States of America to come over for Thanksgiving. And it's not just like for dinner, it's for like almost a week. Mr. and Mrs. Jessen, uh, the elders, my daughter-in-law's mother and father-in-law, there we go. Uh, they came down the Monday before Thanksgiving or the Sunday before Thanksgiving. So they spent the, they just left on Tuesday, yesterday. They just left Tuesday, yesterday to go back to Georgia. His brother and his family with their two young boys came down from Rhode Island. He also has two brothers out in Illinois and their families, they drove out here and there were like three or four dogs involved in this too. It was a real mess, but I mean, it was a fun time. It, it would be like, if they ever did Thanksgiving vacation, you know, if Chevy Chase wasn't too old to do these kinds of movies now, this would have been a definite movie <laughs> to make. It was uh, at times chaos, but very, very nice. And it was great to see everybody. And I even thought, and I told Lauren this, and I said this to uh, Roberta as well, that was one of the best Thanksgiving dinners I've had in a while. The turkey just came out really well. It was that moist I loved it. It was very good. The thing about Thanksgiving that has always uh, sort of puzzled me is how much preparation goes into it. 
and you know how much thought goes into it and and work and then when it's time to eat dinner it takes about 10 minutes <laughs> <laughs> it takes about 10 minutes and then you know it it's pretty much all over it's kind of like christmas day it's like one of those weird feelings like a sunday night syndrome for those who have to go back to work the next day it, it was a nice thanksgiving all in all that's one of the things about thanksgiving that i really like and I like this new tradition that uh, Lauren and Lucas have, <laughs> even though it probably sounded like I was complaining about it. I, I wasn't. I think big families getting together is a wonderful thing, especially on that holiday. So are your grandsons eating Thanksgiving food? Have they developed the appreciation yet? Kind of. You know, there's been this interesting meme that I've seen on social media, you know, talking about all the preparation and all the food and spending 10, 12 hours in the kitchen so that my kids can eat a roll. That's true. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that, that is true. Uh, they're a little bit, but because they're boys, they're above the roll stage now, mm -hmm. uh, being five and three years old. Mm -hmm. uh, but still, they haven't developed the appreciation for a good meal yet. You know? <laughs> so I, I'm not sure where that happens. I can't remember when I was a kid. I think maybe 30, 32. I think that's probably <laughs> when, that, when that kicked in for me. <laughs> anyway, yeah, but, you know, the boys are good. They're, I keep telling them, I said, look, if you want to be, grow up to be big and strong like daddy, you got to eat your veggies and you got to eat your meat. And don't forget the mashed potatoes and gravy too. A hundred percent. Now, are they, now that they're three and five, are they really excited about Christmas coming up? They are. And there's another tradition that uh, in their family that <laughs> was started a few years ago. Elf on the Shelf is out. Elf on the Shelf just came out yesterday. <laughs> and it was a surprise. And it took them a little while to see it. But mm -hmm. once they saw, I mean, once they saw it, it was like, <gasps> it got very quiet in the house. <laughs> very quiet. Because, well, you know, the Elf on the Shelf, it's a spy, basically. Mm -hmm. And is, you know, spy and you know if you're not good if you misbehave santa finds out about it thanks to this little elf on the shelf thing and well they respect that immensely when i was a kid there was no such thing as elf on the shelf it was always santa's watching you know mm -hmm. that that was the the admonition that we got santa's watching okay how does he see in here that's kind of creepy but the elf on the shelf brings a whole new dynamic and he moves around the house Every day he's in a different location, apparently. So you never know where he's going to be. So you have to be on your best behavior just about everywhere you go. It's a really a tense situation being a kid around Christmas time these days. <laughs> <laughs> with, with this little stuff thing that's about to drop a dime on you if you uh, misbehave. So, I mean, they do say that snitches get stitches. So I guess <laughs> the boys are about to learn that lesson pretty young, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they could probably... <laughs> They could probably do away with the elf on the shelf, but no, they're, you know, at this point they respect the heck out of it. So we'll see what happens as they get older. I know three and five are a very exciting age. Not that I remember a ton from being five, but I definitely had a, a very good handle on what Christmas meant. And it was some of the, the best stuff, you know, like not wanting to go to sleep and waking up the next morning and all the presents being there. So, you know, as an adult, it's definitely a lot of fun to be around younger kids who are really into Christmas. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I feel the same way. And 
it brings back memories, you know, and emotions. And, you know, uh, I think about my parents and, you know, how they always tried to give us a, you know, a good Christmas every year. Uh, and my grandparents who we grew up right next door to, I mean, that was an extended family experience every year for us too. So, but yeah, Christmas time really gets you to thinking back, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess, especially when you're my age, I don't know if you guys do, you, you 20 somethings, do you think back? Uh, do you think back to when you were a kid? Is that going on now? Yeah, I think it's an interesting position to be in because I feel like our parents' generation growing up, like no one really moved away and everyone was sort of in the same place. So a lot of Christmas was just like, whose house are we going to, like on what day? And now, you know, a lot of people, I I would say almost every single one of my friends save a couple. It's conversations about like, can we travel back? Are we able to see both? Do we need to do something a little bit different, um, celebrate at different times? So you know, it's definitely a, an interesting outlook to think about when you were a kid. And it was just like, okay, Christmas Eve, we're going here and Christmas Day, we're going here. And now, you know, as an adult, it's sort of like, all right, well, we actually have to leave a week earlier than Christmas because we have to go travel here and then travel somewhere else. And then like, are the things that we bought for people going to arrive on time and, you know, all that stuff. So I, I'm sure I'm not the only person my age that feels that way. It's definitely not a unique uh, problem to me, but It'll be a, it, it'll be nice to be together for our side of the family on Christmas Eve this year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, that will be nice. And I, I'm looking for, I am invited, right? <laughs> I guess I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not the one that said, <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I assume we're all getting together. It's, yeah, I, uh, I mean, any family who listens to this podcast, who thinks otherwise though definitely give us a shout out (laughs) let's take a break and then when we come back we can talk about some of the really cool things that we've experienced that we've watched that we've read from almost the year gone by so we'll do that we'll take a break here on the encore podcast cast So 2022 has just a little over a month to go before it's out of here. And we want to talk about some of the really cool things that uh, we experienced over this past year. Uh, but before we do, <laughs> 2023 should be interesting, Gab, because it won't be long after the holidays are over that the 2024 presidential election will come into play in a big way. Uh, Donald Trump has already announced that he's running. I don't think as many other people are going to jump in right away, probably we'll get a few more throwing their hat in the ring by the spring and the summer of this coming year. It seems like it starts earlier every election cycle, doesn't it? It absolutely does. And I think it's not, I think I'm having this problem with a lot of things that we have going on. Like Christmas feels like it starts earlier every year. Halloween feels like it starts earlier every year. It's a presidential election feels like it starts for some reason three years ahead of time um but it does yeah it's i know it's so true and you know the thing that's unfortunate with the presidential election in particular is that usually when one person officially announces the rest then do start flooding in so like you said trump's already announced i'm just sort of hoping that we get a break uh let's get through the holidays let's get through my birthday like 
if we're feeling generous, let's get through the Super Bowl and St. Patrick's Day. And then maybe in the spring, when the days are longer again, I'll have the patience to deal with this. <laughs> yeah. You know, sometimes you just can't turn away as much as it, it you know, it's like beating your head against the wall. You know, it, uh, it feels better when you stop, but sometimes you just can't stop. <laughs> yeah, it's just, well, anyway, all right. Enough of that. that. That's coming up soon enough. Let's talk about the good stuff from last year, or actually from this year, we're still in it. As we record this again, we find ourselves in a situation where we can't say what happened with the, uh, with the match between the Americans and the Iranians, uh, which is taking place as we record this in about, uh, about a half hour. Mm -hmm. uh, so we don't know what's going to happen there. Although I got to say, you know, if, did you watch the, uh, the U S and England? We did. Yeah. And I like, truth be told, I don't really know soccer. Um, and I try not to be critical of people who are into soccer because a lot of people often express to me how boring baseball is. So just because I find something to be boring, doesn't mean that other people feel that way and they should enjoy it if they really like it. Um, you know, that being said, I, had a lot of questions. Like when I was watching the USA and England game, I said, why do they keep stepping out of bounds? And everyone around me was like, no, that's not it. <laughs> it's just like, I don't, every other sport, they step out of bounds and they can't do that. And they're like, no, that's, it's different. <laughs> I, I was explained how the point system works. So the tying was actually not a terrible thing. It just like, wasn't the thing they wanted, but it wasn't a bad outcome either. Right. So it, I, I'm learning a lot by watching. Well, we watched th that match in the World Cup over the weekend, this past weekend, with, you know, the people that were down for Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. And most of them were not soccer fans at all. For them, it's like a bunch of guys running around kicking a ball and really nothing happens. There's no scoring as there was in this game because they played to a 0-0 tie. Uh, and, you know, a lot of those people can't understand why that's so exciting. You know, a soccer game is exciting, even if there's no scoring. If you add a score to that, a goal to that, it's like Valhalla. You know, it's it's just an amazing, amazing thing because there is a lot of back and forth with no, you know, no payoff a lot of times. So when you score a goal, it's crazy. <laughs> I, I got to say the, uh, the the U.S. men's team looks a lot better than I remember them looking. We'll see what happens. Obviously, by the time this is on, there will be uh, a result from the U.S. and Iran, which we don't know what happens yet, but we'll move on from that. Good luck to the USA. USA! You. <laughs> a lot of, a lot of ex exciting sports on right now, and also this past weekend, they said that there was like, I think 12 World Cup matches, 10 NFL games, Michigan versus uh, Ohio State. And USC versus UCLA, maybe. And not to mention the Sixers finally got their shit together. So like, that's been exciting to watch as well. Yeah. Yeah. There's been a lot of good sports lately uh, for Eagles fans. That was uh, quite a game that they played on Sunday night against the Packers. So, and uh, the Eagles, by the way, are now, did I mention 10 and one <laughs> and at the very top of the NFL? Uh, so uh, they look really good, <laughs> even if they lost every game from here on out, which they won't, but it still would be a, a, an amazing season. Agreed. And I think that's one of my, one of the highlights I wanted to bring up about exciting things that have happened this year. I think we lived through one of the most exciting sports months 
for Philadelphia sports in a really long time. I really can't remember the last time it was that exciting. October saw like the Phillies making their huge playoff run. The Eagles were undefeated during that time. The Sixers season was just starting, even though they kind of got off on a bad foot, but now they look great. And the union went to, you know, a championship and that, I mean, I've never felt the stars aligning for Philadelphia sports in the way that it did in October. And I still, you know, I spent Thanksgiving talking about it and reflecting on it with my dad and, oh my God, it was so exciting. It was was. so exciting. Yeah. And I agree. And it really did put the city on the national stage for the last couple of months. So, you know, anytime Philly gets, you know, gets to shine like that is a good time for me and for you being a native of the area. Uh, We just, absolutely love our city with all of its peccadilloes. Uh, It's just one of those things. We love you, Philly, no matter what. We wish things could be a little better in some areas, but we'll hopefully have the people in place to work on that. I also wanted to give a shout out real quick to the NBC announcing crew Uh, from the Sunday Night Football. Do you know what I'm going to say? I do. Go ahead and say it. (laughs) They didn't bring up cheesesteaks one time. They gave the package, the video package, went to Denick's roast pork sandwiches. And that was correct. It only took a lifetime of broadcast to quote a tweet I saw online. It only took a lifetime of broadcast for that to happen. No Santa, no cheesesteaks, A plus, no notes, NBC. Yeah. Well, I think part of it is that there are different, well, uh, Tarico, Mike Tarico is, you know, he normally wouldn't have done Sunday night football, but those other guys moved on. They were probably talking about throwing snowballs at Santa on some other channel, even though they weren't in Philadelphia, it just seems like that's something you have to say if you're doing an NFL game in San Diego, by the way, remember back in 1968 when, yeah. Yeah, we do. We remember because you bring it up constantly. That's why we remember. Shut up. Yeah. Don't don't ever say it again. (laughs) But I, I totally agree with you and we have to give them props for not, not just for not just going on with the cheesesteak thing, uh, but and going to Denix and getting the roast beef or uh, roast pork. Uh, but thank you for uh, a respite from the snowballs at Santa this year. <laughs> <laughs> as far as books goes, have you read anything that you could pass on or recommend? I did. Um, so I actually set a goal for myself earlier this year to read 36 books by the end of the year, and I've read 35. Um, so I need to just read one more between now and New Year's Eve. What about um, book, 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 books on tape? Does that count? Yeah, no, I would say it counts for sure. I, okay. I, when people log that as having read it, you know, I, I agree a hundred percent. You spent time listening, even if it was listening, you spent time with a book. So I think that should definitely count. But as far as books that I would recommend, I have three on the list that I would recommend to people who like fiction um, that I really enjoyed reading this year. The first one is The Long Bright River by Liz Moore. Um, it was basically very similar to Mayor of Easttown, um, but it, it was a little bit more realistic. It was still a fictional story, but it named a lot of things about Philly that you would really know and recognize if you were a native. Um, also, I thought that the story itself was really good. So I would definitely recommend that one. The next one that I would recommend is a book called The Paper Palace, which was a premise about a woman who was in her mid fifties and she was on vacation with her family. And she, the story begins right after she has an affair with her childhood best friend. And it's sort of like the reminiscing back on how they got to that point and like 
her choices moving forward and, and things like that. And, and then the last one that I wanted to recommend was the Nightingale, which is a um, historical fiction book by Chris and Hannah. And uh, that is a story about two sisters who are living in France during World War II and how, um, you know, they sort of dealt with like the Germans who invaded their town and how they worked for the resistance. And it's just really good. It was a really long book and I was expecting to have a hard time with it. And I, it was like 400 or 450 pages and I finished it in a few days. So it, it was just that good that I couldn't put it down. And that was fiction as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Do you read nonfiction? I do. Yes. Uh, I actually, tr- I am not as good about picking up nonfiction. So when friends recommend nonfiction books to me, I always do pick them up. I have Jason Kander's autobiography um, that I haven't had a chance to read yet. That was given to me by a friend. Um, one of my favorite all-time books from the last few years actually is a nonfiction book sort of um, that's called Maybe You Should Talk to Someone. And it's by Lori Gottlieb. And um, she's a therapist who talks about like, it's basically a story about five patients she had and herself going to therapy, but she had to change the names, obviously, of the patients. That way there wasn't, you know, compromised mm-hmm. patient confidentiality, but it, it's great uh, because it was true stories with just a few details changed so that she could share them with the world. And um, that one, I really recommend highly. I have a hard copy that I always try to give to people when they tell me they haven't read it. So um, I actually just got that hard copy back from someone I had lent it to. So it's out there if anyone wants to borrow it. <laughs> Okay. Um, I have not read a book yet this year. <laughs> <laughs> I obviously haven't said any. <laughs> I, I, first of all, I'm not a big nonfiction guy. I used to be, but I, not anymore. I like, I, I'd rather I'm not a big fiction guy. I do like nonfiction. Uh, I, I've read a lot of political books uh, over the last several years uh, to the point where I think I've over, uh, overeaten, so to speak, on it. <laughs> So I had to take some time off from the from the politics, but yeah, uh, you know, time is running out. I'm not. I'm going. This is going to be the year that goes by for me where I have not turned a single page of a book, and I'm not proud of that. But that's just the way it is, and I hope to make up for it in 2023. Well, if you set a goal for yourself, I mean, maybe not 36 books, but if you set like a goal of five, I feel like that's pretty doable. Yeah, well, you know, people, uh, my friends and family know that I like certain to read certain kind of books, and I usually get those at, at Christmas time. So I'm sure I'll get a couple. And uh, the the problem is, is that I dive right into them, and I don't stop until I'm finished. It's just, <laughs> which is usually the sign of a good book, you mm-hmm. know. Um, when you're not reading it, you're thinking about and can't wait till you get back to it again. I'm looking forward to that. And I got to say, you know, we've spent most of our time slack jawed in front of the TV this year, uh, because this is truly the golden age of television mm-hmm. in terms so you of, you probably have some good TV recommendations from the year then, right? Well, yeah, there's a couple that I can think of. Uh, we just recently, just recently started watching again, dead to me because they came out with a third season. The problem was season one and two, we watched, um, it seems like it's been about two years since uh season two since we saw the end of season two we started watching season three and we were looking at each other going wait a minute i don't remember any of this yep so we had to go back and (laughs) watch the first two seasons and as i was watching it it was all new to me it was like i i honestly didn't remember a lot of the things that happened i guess that comes with age i don't know but so now we're into season three of dead to me and it was a, it's been a very good, have you seen it? 
I have. Yeah, I just finished it actually over the Thanksgiving break. Okay. And I, I think it's going to be season three is going to be the last because uh, uh, what's her name? I can't think of her name. Christina Applegate. Christ yes. She uh, was diagnosed with uh, MS mm -hmm. and apparently it's taken its toll on her. So I think she's retired from acting. So, but I, I got to say the two of those, she and Linda Cardellini, mm -hmm. they are so good together. They are, yeah. <laughs> I, I would imagine they must be friends in real life and they must spend some time together because I don't know where you get that kind of chemistry, uh, you know, just out of the blue. Mm -hmm. Chemistry cannot be faked. It's, you know, you either have it or you don't. Mm -hmm. And the two of them are so good in this series. They really are. All of the, all of the, the main actors are really good in that. So I highly recommend that. Mm -hmm. uh, we've also uh, been watching White uh, Lotus and we're on the, second season of that there are only two seasons so far it's one of those things where it is really good by the way it's on hbo and if you want to get into a really good series that kind of starts off slow but really builds and great character development definitely check out white lotus how about you i know you've seen it too yeah we're all caught up actually we got caught up last night on the episode that we had missed when we were traveling on Sunday. I, I think White Lotus is great. It's ambiguous as hell, which can definitely be frustrating for some people, but the quality and the detail has been really good. And, you know, I think maybe we'll be able to do our last episode of the season, just talking about the finale, because I believe it will have aired by the time we go to tape that. We can determine if season two was just as good as season one, but, you know, it's been a lot of fun so far and the actors are incredible. Yeah, they really are. They put together quite an ensemble cast, uh, just like in the first one, too. So uh, I, who is, who's ever behind White Lotus, please keep it going because uh, it brings us back to HBO. Uh, it's one of those series that absolutely makes us go back time and again. All right. What else? Tell me what you've been watching aside from those two. Yeah. So I, other like notable shows that I watched this year, I would have to say, are definitely uh, Succession. Succession was really good. It, White Lotus takes its spot. Obviously, they don't air at the same time. So, um, you know, I I think Succession is really good. It's another one of those that I feel is like very, um, it's very speechy. It's like monologue is how I always talk about it. Like it's very, it's not Aaron Sorkin's show, but it feels very Aaron Sorkin at times with a lot of the long-winded like explanation monologues. But I mean, it's just so good. They, the way that characters turn on a dime and like how it's totally believable if they do, I, the writing is excellent. And um, I believe that the new season starts early next year. So it should be really exciting to watch that too. We also watched Apple TV's Spirited over the holiday, which is Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds' new Christmas movie. Yeah, we um, it's really good. I really wasn't sure like what to expect and I really enjoyed it a lot. So, you know, I am, I'm, I would definitely like to recommend that one um, for whoever wants something that's a little bit more of an adult movie, I would say for Christmas time. I have a totally different take on that. Uh, I was, uh, I just couldn't wait for it to be over. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. First of all, it wasn't my choice to watch it. I got to be honest. We watched it and then I realized, okay, it's a musical. And not only is it a musical, but Will Farrell is going to sing in it. Uh, okay. I guess if you're the executive producer, you can decide that you want to sing in your own movie. I just, you know what? I was expecting more. I, I was hoping it would be more true to the, you know, what it was based on. I just had a totally different experience. I, I, 
I, it was one of those things where you keep waiting for it to end. And as it goes along, you go, okay, this would be a great place to end the movie. And then it goes on for another 20 minutes. But one of the best parts of it that I thought was the ending credits number. It ran over the ending credits, which means yeah. it was cut from the actual film. And I thought that was the best part of the whole movie, at least for me anyway. Yeah. But, but obviously your, uh, your decision uh, is different than mine. <laughs> the results vary. <laughs> Another shout out that I know I've talked about before on the podcast that's from Apple is Severance. I really thought Severance was great. I'm really glad that I watched it because at first I was just like, I don't, this doesn't even look a little bit interesting to me. And then like, when I got to the end, I was like, wow, what, what a good season of television. So, um, if you haven't seen it yet and you have any breaks over this holiday, I, I would have to recommend that I mentioned the dairy girls and their finale. Um, what a great ending that season three was, and it, it's only three seasons. So it's a quick watch too, if you haven't seen it. So I, I would say over the year, that's some of the really standout stuff. Aside from TV movies, though, I was thinking about some of the like movie movies I've gone to see this year. And I would say my favorite movie is probably Everything Everywhere All at Once was a still stands out to me. And I saw that back in, oh, man, the summertime. So it's been several months now. The only movie that I remember seeing this year actually going to the theater was Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> and did you like it? it? It's in a lot of I, the Oscar com or conversation, which is very strange, I think. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, I did like it. I mean, it's one of those movies. It's a popcorn movie. You know, it, that's what it is. And Miles Teller uh, was in it. And he's a Philly area guy. So I was kind of rooting for him and rooting for the movie. Uh, but yeah, I, I did like it. And we have not been back to the movies since then and that was back in june if i remember correctly so uh we don't get out much <laughs> we just we just don't get out much anymore it's a it's a shame um i watched dune for the first time at the top of the year and i specifically remember it because we were in it was when omicron was raging back in like january and february and we were in self-quarantine because we had your daughter's wedding coming up. So we were not going anywhere and we weren't really doing anything um, so that we didn't get COVID before that happened. But um, yeah, I watched Dune and I, you know, there's been so many big sci-fi stories over the last several years that I wasn't really sure how I was going to like it. And I wish that I had read the book, I think, before I had watched a movie, but like, the storytelling was beautiful. The actors were obviously amazing. The director is really good. Um, so I'm excited to see like what the second and third installments look like to tell the whole story. Um, Did you end up seeing Nope? We talked about that a while ago. No, we didn't. It's on streaming now. Mm -hmm. And we came across it and I wanted to put it on, but uh, Roberta wanted uh, Spirited instead. So uh, she owes me one as far as I can tell. <laughs> So no, nope. I haven't seen Nope yet, but it's on my list. Is it worth the couple of hours that it will take from my life? I think that you're going to have a good time. If you really know nothing about it, I think you're going to have a good time. I think it's the people who looked anything up prior to going in that were like confused, but honestly going in blind was my favorite part because I really didn't know what was coming next. And I, I find I'm like really enjoying that way of doing a lot of things like reading books, going in blind, like watching shows going in blind, watching movies going in blind. I mean, we missed White Lotus night and I thought it was going to be ruined for us, honestly, by the time that we got to sit down and watch it. 
And I didn't see a single spoiler. And I was so happy about that because I was like, yeah. I really have no idea, you, you know, like what's coming. See, that one of the, one of my complaints, uh, and it happened this past this year in 2022, is streaming services, a few of them have stopped dumping them all at one time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're back to you have to wait till Sunday night to see the next episode. And I don't like that because I got so used to just going from one episode to the next. You know? <laughs> uh, I guess I can wait until the whole series is is over and load yeah. it up, but I don't want to do that either. I just don't like it. Why did they stop doing that? I think that they did it to get people to commit to a longer subscription which is super lame, but like it does work in theory because if you drop one a week, someone's going to have to keep a subscription for six weeks instead of one week while they watch all the episodes and then cancel, you know? That's true. That's probably it. Uh, I think you hit the nail right on the head there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, 2022 has been an, uh, an eventful year, some good, some bad. We're hoping for a better 2023. I hope that we can actually have that come to fruition. Yeah. And we talked to a lot of really cool people on this podcast over 2022 that we probably wouldn't have had the opportunity to do so. So right. that's been a really fun and exciting part. And we're not done yet. We have a couple more episodes before the season's going to be over um, and we take our holiday break. So we do have a couple more people to share with you before, before we pack up 2022. But if 2022 set the bar of cool people we talked to. I can't wait to see how we, we're going to raise it in 23. So, Amen to that. All right. Uh, so that's it for now. Uh, we will see you next week with another fresh episode of the Encore podcast. Until then, be safe and enjoy. Take care. Bye, everybody.